Centaholics, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and we have the return of David Duncan. Woo, I'm back, I'm back. He's back and he's married, ladies. I'm sorry, that's it. It's over. Your your dreams are dashed. I'm so sorry. You'll never (laughs) you'll never make it into the podcast uh, world now. Well, that's just how it goes. I'm taken. He's taken. That's it. You're, you're done. I'm sorry. You got to start your own podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave, uh, you were gone, and last week, uh, me and Guy Davis, we talked Expanse, but we also got to talk about the new animated series, Lower's Deck, from uh, the CBS, their new uh, Star Trek. I haven't gotten um, to hear that yet. What were your guys' takes on it first? I'm curious to what you guys kind of thought in summary. S- so my feeling is uh, twofold. One, I love Rick and Morty. So this seems like to be Rick and Morty light. So I, I don't mind that. Um, I do. I, it's the one thing that kind of aggravated me was like, wasn't this show supposed to be pitched to go on Nickelodeon? No, there's a different show that's pitched to go on Nickelodeon that's actually aimed at kids. Supposedly this one isn't, but I couldn't tell the, uh, no, the well, commercial. Well, it's it. Oh, it can't be because I mean, they shows a man naked. Yeah, but at the same time, it just seems like so. Every it just seems so juvenile. I'm just like, so maybe I, I I had it wrong, but I, I really thought so. I thought that there was a show that was, I thought this was going to go on to Nickelodeon. Then no, like, no, no, no. Ah. Lo- Lower Decks is was always CBS All Access. There's another animated show that they're working on in conjunction oh, okay. with Nickelodeon okay. that's supposed to be aimed at kids. My only point was that I was saying is like we have now we have Discovery, Picard, and Lower Decks, and they're all adult themed. In which I don't mind myself because I can enjoy it all I want. But if we want to encourage more young kids to watch, we can't have adult themes. Because I mean, think about it: you got started watching Star Trek with your family when you were younger. Yes, it has to be somewhat accessible. So that was one thing. The other thing is, you know, like I don't mind, you know, the 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 silly slapstick humor. I mean, it's supposed to be a little jokey. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, I just, um, I mean, actually, I even like the design of the crew and everything. I think they look kind of cool. I'm kind of excited to see them. So, uh, guy was a little hesitant. Uh, he does he doesn't hate the animation, but he's kind of like worried about uh, just potty humor. Yeah, I mean, like it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not super sold on the animation. I mean, it works in Rick and Morty because it's Rick and Morty, and it's not supposed to be. I don't know, but Star Trek. I, I feel like they've gone too much the opposite way because the original animated series was almost still for adults. Because I mean, it was, it was very, like the stories are the same. They're just shorter. Like it right. didn't seem kid centric at all, and this one almost seems too kid centric. Sans the nudity, and I'm just right. kind of like, Ugh, like. 
can we hit some middle ground where like whereas Picard and Discovery have like zero levity this via the trailer almost looks like it's got way too much and I'm like middle ground that's what's got me worried there's they don't seem to know restraint they, they they go either way too serious or way too silly and there's there's you can balance that I think well, I don't know discovery had a lot of levity to it especially with Tilly and you know stuff with Stamets and stuff like that it would get like kind of like you know they had some funny parts to it and they they did a little bit but Tilly dropped off after the first couple episodes of the sub season two like you barely saw her right no I know I mean Tilly yeah. definitely just dis- disappear for a bit but uh, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I kind of figured it was going to be jokey, you know, so I don't I, – I, my thing is is uh, I I keep saying this and, I, you know, it seems like it's just like I'm shouting to avoid is just that if we don't make Star Trek – I don't mind if we have a Game of Thrones Star Trek, but we also should have a family version of Star Trek that everyone can sit down and watch. If we don't have that, I'm sorry, I, and, I, and I tweeted this, but we will be the last generation – to watch Star Trek. This will be it because I mean, I mean, there might be some younger folks that are kind of like getting into it, but they're not going to be downloading CBS all access and they aren't going to be watching this kind of stuff. Well, I'm scared. We're just not, we're going to be the last generation anyway, because Alex Kurtzman can't make anything to stand the test of time. Well, I, mean, I guess original... I guess my point is is that you know whether you I mean that's your your take on Kurtzman's thing, but it's like if you're not making it accessible to people, um, I just I don't think we're going to get a lot of I, I think we'll be the last people to enjoy Star Trek. Period. I think Star Trek will go away after in another you know fifteen twenty years. Like this will be it. I, I mean, you very well may be right, but it may be it may happen even quicker than that. Um. I don't mean virtually. that. I don't mean these shows will go on for fifteen, twenty years. I mean like that people will just like we're, we're going to get old, and it'll be like um, reruns of Bonanza. You'll be like, yeah. oh, uh, day oh, old <laughs> Grandpa Duncan is watching watching that Star Trek again. He's so silly with that old show. Oh yeah, know? I mean I, I I totally understand what you're saying. Like it's going to be gone forever, and it'll be irrelevant to the, any of the, the new people growing up. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's a very real possibility with the direction Star Trek's been heading lately. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't mind that there is an adult version of all this. What I do mind is that there isn't, you know, there's no excess. I mean, like, I can't have my kids. I, I did have my kids watch some of Discovery. I think it was season two before it got really weird. Um, I think it was when they went to... Um, the Telosian planet and stuff like that. They watched a few of those episodes and there wasn't anything really bad in all that. But, um, you know, I have to pre-watch the shows with them and before them, you know, I I can't just have them watch it because I, you know, there could be just F bombs being dropped and, you know, like severe violence, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I know. And I mean, but the thing is like Star Trek, I mean, even though it's edged a little bit toward Game of Thrones, it hasn't gone hardcore to it. It's right. like, it's super, yeah. every epi- every episode is like hit and miss. Like some yeah. episodes are like G rated all the way through and some episodes are like totally rated R. I'm like, like I said earlier, like balance, like why isn't there like a balance? Like you either got to like go all the way through the series and keep it consistent or, or not. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so wishy-washy. Um, yeah. On the content of each episode, it's it's kind of strange. So I don't know. I 
just wish there'd be some kind of consistency throughout consistent theme and tone and, especially and the first couple episodes because the first couple episodes were like almost like TOS again like they were just kind of random and they only had the very loose connections and then they started getting more and more um, serialized as the season went on for season two yeah uh, you know but obviously we're still going to get section 31 and we got the um, Pike Enterprise uh, Strange New Worlds so you know Looks like there's a lot of a lot of things greenlit for Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it all turns out. I mean, Section Thirty One and Strange New Worlds, as far as we know, they're just kind of like announced. There's been no, I haven't seen any news or traction on them since they're uh, since they're being announced. And Section Thirty One's been announced basically since season one of Discovery. Right. So right, no right. traction on that. So I, I'm scared. Strange New Worlds might also see the same thing. Years and years of no traction. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. But I feel um, actually, I'm 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 excited about uh, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. Everything else, I'm kind of like, yeah. Like Sections Thirty One, I've never was interested in. I mean, I'll watch it just because it's Star Trek. But I, I'm fundamentally against Section Thirty One. So. Well, the only reason I'm kind of for it is because I hope they, they like clear the mud um, uh, that they made of Section 31 and Season 2 of Discovery. Because it just made no sense. Right, right. I really hope they like give that some like some clear boundaries and some clear understanding of like why it was the way it was in Season 2. Because it, it, was, it was a secret organization that everyone freaking knew about. The Klingons knew about it. I'm like, why does everyone know about this? Yeah. Well, that's obviously because nobody <laughs> paid any attention to uh, Star Trek before. Um, well, cool. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, so you are hesitant. I'm somewhat excited, uh, even though I'm a little disappointed that kids can't watch it. So, <clears throat> so, and yeah. and guy guys uh, a little hesitant too. He doesn't. It's not the animation part he's hesitant. He's more about the potty humor. He's not crazy about that, but. He's willing to wait it out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully it, uh, it'll be good. I'm worried, but uh, I'll definitely be watching it. We'll be talking about that when that airs, but next month. Yeah, very soon. Yeah, very soon. Uh, but before we go to Expanse, we've got uh, another email. Yes, uh, Brad has emailed us back. Sent the Hollocks. I wanted to say thank you for following up on my emails. I know you guys uh, don't mean to insult or demean anyone, even Alex Kurtzman. Uh, <laughs> well, Dave might. I might. I might mean to. I, I'm not a fan of Alex Kurtzman. Um, he's not doing good things. But uh, I mean, like, I don't wish any ill will toward the man. I just wish he would either step aside or actually be good at being creative. Um, the reality is, most people uh, don't. It really, it's really all the way we interpret what occurs around us. It's easy to feel alone and unappreciated. Absolutely. I mean, I think Aaron and I uh, know that feeling very well. <laughs> Often. <laughs> and so, sometimes. So, yes. He, Brad continues saying, uh, I know your show is great and anyone on your show is a good person and a decent person. I, uh, I don't think you would have anyone on that was using the show for the sole, pur- sole purpose of agitation. While we may not agree on everything as science fiction fans, so we are willing to listen and respect the opinions of everyone. We're living in very... Int- we're, I'm sorry. 
we're living in a very interesting time. Society is changing rapidly, sometimes for the better and sometimes the worse. Discussions are taking place that have needed to uh, be made since the dawn of humanity. More than ever, we do all we can to support the mission of progress, peace, and understanding. The message of infinite diversity and infinite combination is more important now than ever. Keep up the good work. Very respectfully, Brad. Yes, infinite combinations, infinite diversity. Yes, uh, that's it's a very uh, good thing to have, and I think we should embrace that more. I re- I really wish like Star Trek was requ- like 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 old Star Trek was required watching for world leaders and stuff like that. I'm not sure yeah. if the new Star Trek would be very helpful because it's all very much based on the world we're living in now, which is what we're trying to avoid uh, with with the Star Trek. And yeah. we want Star Trek. To, we want the optimistic future of Star Trek. We don't want the dystopia that we're living in now. We don't want the bell riots. <laughs> no, no, not that again. No. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's you know, obviously, everyone's everyone's got different takes, and everyone has a different filter on on uh, what's going on. So some people see a very different thing that any uh, anybody else sees. Um, but it, like Brad said, you know. The idea is that we have to have like an open communication and respectful communication between each other. That's the other thing that drives me nuts is especially social media. I, I'm pretty much getting done, especially with Facebook, is that I, that you say something and then people just insult you. They're not even talking about an idea. They're not they're not willing to engage the idea. They're just insulting the person. And it's like that's that's not an argument. That's just you're insulting somebody. It's like it, it tells me that a lot of people don't actually have um, clear thoughts in their head about uh, uh, an issue that you're talking about. So, that's, yeah, that's or, or or they'll attack you. Uh, you'll post something that's uh, an article. They'll attack you based on what the title of the article is, and then they didn't even read it. And it's obvious because they read it, they wouldn't have. They probably would. said what they said. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing is also I, I, I kind of feel like uh, social media, we're just not – the human race isn't really ready for social media for a lot of reasons. I don't think we've matured enough. You know, It's nice that we can kind of all hear what everyone's thinking because – I mean, not nice, but it's like good that we're actually hearing it because we can realize everyone's pretty much uh, – there's, there's a big swath of people who are just not – courteous or kind to other people which is stunning so yeah i mean that's just a it's just obvious by how things are going today i mean just uh, we talked we talked about with those the bell rights episode and with um beyond the farthest star yeah beyond the farthest star we just have just a, a general lack of respect and everything and even down the freaking what mask wearing people like Oh, the masks some, are some so ridiculous. Refuse to wear them, and I'm just like, come on, just like I know. Just, and and, and they've they, they've kind they've, and courteous. They've yeah, it's a, literally a courtesy. Yes, you might not have it, and maybe the other person doesn't have it, but wearing it protects everybody and protects the person that you're talking with or engaging with and their loved ones around them. So that's talking about you know people who might have uh, lung issues. Uh, older people, people who are diabetic, all sorts of things that can affect all those people that are high, you know, higher risk factor. And if you give them something because they go out grocery shopping or they have to go get the car fixed or something like that, those are things that you need. I mean, th- we still have to function the society 
wearing a mask isn't a political thing. It's protecting your loved ones. Yeah, and it's just it's just America. We it, we just seem to have this this like oh uh, my personal freedoms are being infringed upon. Da 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 da. Like we we don't we we're more afraid about that than being kind and courteous to people. And I, from what I understand, I've heard stories that in some Asian cultures that if they get a common cold, they will put on a mask when they go out just to be considerate to others. And I'm just like, that's like all the time they do this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure like, every single person, but I mean, sure. it's a culture that, that uh, generally, you know, uh, has respect built into it. And, you know, I, I just think that we should embrace that as a people. I mean, I think Star Trek should, kind of teaches us that yeah star trek definitely does that teach that so i think i wish more people would watch star trek and like you know being respectful of others is huge right yeah and sometimes you go into a culture you know picard goes down to a planet where mask is what you wear Mm -hmm. and maybe you just have to just take up the uh the culture there for for the time being you know It's, it's not a big deal so um yeah, I don't know. I, I I wish you the best, Brad. No matter what you chose to do with uh, in your in your future, and I Absolutely hope you right. hope you hope you stay safe. And I hope in a in a year or so, you know, things are better for everybody. Absolutely, I hope so too. Yeah. Thank you, Brad, for the email. It's really always great hearing from you. Absolutely, uh, Dave. We are back at the Expanse, uh, season two, episode five. We are at home. So with home. The quick synopsis from the wiki is Eros is speeding on a collision course toward Earth. Miller and the crew decide that Miller will bring the bomb to the heart of Eros to destroy it and escape back to the Rosinante. On Earth, the United Nations decides to fire its planetary defense nuclear missiles at incoming Eros, but the asteroids evades them by going stealth, ceasing to reflect radar. The Rosinante crew must use their proximity to the asteroid to provide a lock-on for Fred Johnson, who will guide the missiles to Eros. Eros reacts to this by accelerating faster to maintain visual contact rosinante accelerates to the limits of human endurance and finally gives up the chase miller who has the bomb at the heart of eros discovers a transformed julie mao yeah. and <laughs> while the protomolecules infected her on eros she has in some way infected it back and can inf- and can influence eros's trajectory with the combined with a combination of the world and affection and after removing his protective spacesuit, Miller convinces her to redirect Eros away from Earth and toward Venus, where it crashes at a planetary scale event. Mm-hmm. This is an action-packed episode and kind of ties things up. It's kind of odd that we're like episode five into the season, and this is where uh, the story arc kind of like wraps. It doesn't wrap up, but it kind of gets where it's it's. This is to. the end of the first book. Mm, gotcha. So it, it is. It is the it is the wrap up of 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 the first book, and it, it makes sense because mm-hmm. it's just a kind of everything. I mean, it sort of it sort of resolves all the stuff that was happening in the first up in the first season, and you know you got to give sci fi credit because you know they let them continue on the first book into the second season, and you know if they would have rushed this and tried to fit it all in the first ten episodes, I think it could have been a huge disaster because it took. 15 episodes to cover the first book and they did it really well and yeah. and we like we discovered from our youtube commenter um uh christian she was written in for the first season because they really wanted to lock down the actress nice. nice to play to play her so they expanded her role which probably helped you know um 
make season one a little bit longer than it than it originally would have been. But it was good to have Christian and and Aaron Wright and all the other stuff happening on Earth because it just helps helps the viewer kind of understand what's going on, seeing like the the Earth position, and it because the book basically just bounces back between Miller and um, Holden. Right. So you're, you're only getting like the character viewpoint. You're not getting like the the bigger world viewpoint in the book. So I think uh, just as a casual viewer, who's it, it definitely helps. Yeah, I, and I love it I, that you have that Earth view too. What's going on on the political side? Um, great, a great episode because we get uh, Miller um, trouging through uh, Eros with the nuclear missile with the uh, old my pet trigger. nuke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dragging that through. So that's that was pretty pretty fun to watch, and him, you know, try to get through everything and you know, like put on carts and drag it up, you know, ladders. So feels so bad for the guy, man. That's so rough. Yeah, dragging that thing around with you everywhere you got to go. And a couple times he almost doesn't hit the 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 switch again because he's like trying to, you know, it, it gets he fumbles it, you know. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, um, also, uh, the, the nukes being shot off from earth as planetary defense and, uh, you know, Holden and crew trying to paint the target and trying to keep up with it. That's pretty exciting. And they're trying to keep speed, but then because Julie Mao is thinking for some reason that she's back on her old racing ship, the Razorback, she's kind of in influencing the proto molecule to you know to go faster like she's like racing we gotta go home yeah so and she's heading to earth obviously so uh interesting very interesting uh and it's really exciting to watch too as they make those decisions step by step and uh until obviously miller's like i think i can take care of this uh from within when he reaches Juliet and she's still in the blue Falcon motel, but it's been completely changed. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, she's in a cockpit type scenario, like where she's like laid back and we'll actually see, uh, the Razorback later. I mean, it doesn't look exactly like the inside of the Razorback, but I mean, like it's, it's very spacey. Cause I mean, in the Rosalante, even the ships like seats roll back so that they got the more comfortable position for, the uh, high G maneuvers. And right. So, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And she's all just like all stuck to it. And she's like, what's going on? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I naked? Why am I naked? What's all this blue stuff? Um, and in Miller, Miller, Miller does a sexy strip tease for her. You know, he's, yeah, Miller's a man of many talents. Miller takes off his helmet and, you know, obviously gets himself completely exposed to the proto molecule and actually kisses Julie. Um, how'd you think about that scene? I mean, it felt weird to me, but also touching in a sort of way. Yeah, it was really, really strange because, um, everyone who knew Julie told, uh, told Miller that she would hate him, uh, uh, just knowing who he was and and whatnot. And he basically tells her that, Hey, you know, I was a, I was a cop. I was trying to find you. Yeah. And she doesn't you know, initially resent him. She's just mostly really confused about her state. It, it was kind of an awkward scene. Cause I mean, I mean, the, she's just wearing probably like just a, a thin piece of latex. 
right for right. that scene. Oh, and then all the other prosthetics, but mostly just like a thin sheet of latex that'll like reflect. It's probably all just that. like a, like a bodysuit of some sort. Yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, it was just. Uh, I mean, it's gotta be really awkward for the actress because I mean, she was like looked like she was locked into that chair or whatever, pretty right. good. But she didn't look like she could move very much. So I'm sure she had a very uncomfortable time, and she did some great acting, and that really. I'm sure it had to be super uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Dang. yeah, it was it was awkward, but it was it was definitely touching and sweet. And you know, Miller got to got to kiss the girl, and you know, he just basically been fantasizing about her like you know for forever, ever since he got to the job and fell in love with her, even though he didn't know anything about her. And you know, I'm sure he had it rattling around in the back of his mind that uh, in the previous episodes he told his water boyfriend that you gotta get laid. Yeah. Right, right. He's like, hmm, can I get laid before we hit uh, Venus? <laughs> Slow the ship down a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that happened, but um, it, it was interesting. It, it, to me, I, I was, because we were talking last week with Guy, that I felt that he's more in love with the idea of Julie Mao. Uh, Miller, Miller didn't obviously have a romantic relationship because he never met her. He doesn't, yeah. I mean, he knows things about her, but he doesn't know her personality has never like, in, you know, interacted with her. So he doesn't know much about her. So, well, no, he's definitely in love with the idea of her, but I mean, like, because she like was a rich girl flew away to the OPA, like just, just, uh, he kind of like, yeah, he definitely loves the idea of her and loves how she did things. And, I, it just finding her became an obsession, and that obsession kind of turned into like a weird lust slash love or something like that. It was mm-hmm. it's an in- interesting way to do the character because I mean, like you know, you see the the crooked detective, you know, trope a lot, and it was interesting how he kind of like I don't know, I feel like he kind of broke that mold a little bit. Yeah, becoming, sure. Kind of becoming an everyman and like you know, not being the crooked cop. Uh, right. anymore and just trying to like find this place and uh and kind of move on and you know follow his heart i guess which is a little bit different so um what about uh the idea that earth launches its missiles and they can't uh obviously eros disappears off their radar uh because somehow the protomolecule can like change the laws of physics which is never really explained you know how it even moves, how it even moves the arrows, but um, that uh, that Fred Johnson basically says, "Give me uh, control of the nukes, and I will uh, send all this information to the Rosinante, and we'll paint the target, and that Earth trusts them." For that point, well, it's like get destroyed now or get destroyed later. Uh, I mean, it was it was the the right move to make uh but it, unfortunately just it didn't end up panning out because they had the inside player which no one knew if that was going to work at all so right. it was definitely like the right decision i thought and it was interesting especially since there's so much tension between the belt and mars and earth uh-huh. and like who would get the missiles if they were ever to be collected so right right uh, which we, we find out next episode what yes. happens with that yes, but uh what about but you that, think? i thought it was I felt it was a little unrealistic, just judging by the tensions. But sometimes when you are at that like eleventh hour, 
you know, those decisions, you know, I think of, I think we brought it up more than once, like the Cuban missile crisis that people are, these leaders are often like willing to go out on a limb to trust other people, even when all these, you know, prejudices have been put in place, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see what you mean, but at the same time, it's like, well, we're gonna get destroyed now if we don't, so I mean, like, I don't know, might as well postpone the inevitable. Or try to. Yeah, or try to. That's like that was like the idea, right? And you know, Christian always is like you know always like yeah, we can we can just detonate them if uh, you know. Yeah, or they have yeah they have the they have the codes to kind of just uh, stop them too, and so those they won't even uh, detonate at all. Um, yeah, so I mean they had like uh, plenty of backup for um, so so they thought to keep things safe, even if they were uh, even if they missed the target, right. And then, uh, obviously, um, uh, real quick, uh, Christian kind of has a quick discussion with her husband, who's on the moon at the moment, and um, just kind of, uh, it was sweet, because, you know, here's two people that are trying to, like, basically Skyping together, and there's even a delay in their talking, and uh, they're trying to talk over each other, and then they, you know, try, they just kind of saying that they love each other. You know, I thought that was a sweet moment that that we got between the two characters, and oh, then uh, and then um, obviously then you know the uh, the the final real part is where um, they you know they crash into Venus. The arrow smashes into Venus. Oh yeah, and, you know it's uh, pretty amazing that because Julie didn't even know if she could uh, change the course of the ship because uh, because Miller is like you need to take control. And she goes, I don't think I can control it. So, well, I thought that was interesting. Just that, uh, she could infect it, which I, I thought that was probably the most out there thing. I mean, I'm interested to see how that plays in the book. I'm long ways away still. Well, they, they, they um, yeah, there's like the proto molecule and Julie kind of fused together as one. So it took on some of Julie's characteristics too. Yeah. I mean, obviously that she's, controlling arrows thinking it's the razorback at some moment because she's disorientated and kind of in a dreamlike state mm-hmm. so well yeah i mean they they fuse but it's, it's also i mean it's strange and the protomol can, can do whatever it wants because it's this new thing and they killed the scientist who was trying to understand it and uh i i think i think we're going to keep seeing things escalate with the protomolecule uh throughout this the series i think it's gonna like it's gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger even though it may seem like it's not um, soon. And I think things are going to come in like these different waves of mm-hmm. bad um, mm-hmm. going forward. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how it uh, plays out. I haven't read, you know, books. I'm still the first one. I've only seen up, I've seen all the episodes, but uh, just kind of projecting out, I think it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see how it uh, grows and expands. Nice. Uh, should we go on to the next episode? Uh, the Paradigm Shift. Yes, Paradigm Shift. Flashback show a Martian colonist, Solomon Epstein. <laughs> no relationship a- to uh, any other Epsteins you might know. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> he did not hang himself, right? So um, he's envisioning a future where Mars is freed from Earth's control by using his fusion drive. In the present, Christian demands Aaron Wright's Bring Mayo, bring Meow out of hiding, Meow, um, by threatening Mal's family and business empire. On Tycho Fred Johnson's idea of using third 
uh, that using the 30 missing nukes as a bargaining chip against Earth and Mars angers Holden. The Rosinante crew commiserates over M- Miller's death and agree to launch the protomolecule sample into the sun. Naomi fakes the launch. The other believe there's no sample left. On Ganymede, Bobby Draper and her Marines are sent to patrol the agricultural farms, and they see UN Marines running toward them, firing. Their comms are jammed. The UNN and the MCRN fleets are in orbit, and they think the jamming is part of an attack by the others. Full-scale battle breaks out in orbit and destroys several of the giant orbital mirrors. The crashing wreckage devastates the colony. This, uh, the Cicero comes under fire, and Sutton is killed. After the battle, an injured Bobby awakens the fighter team massacred and an inhuman figure standing over her. Yes, creepy stuff. Um, and there's another episode, a lot happens too. I mean, it starts off a little slow uh, because obviously we're just kind of like recovering from arrows crashing into Venus. Uh, but yeah, that that scene in the, like, I don't know if it's the exact beginning, but it's pretty close to the beginning where Christian talks to Arite saying, you better get uh, uh, Jules uh, Pierre Mao in here, and if he's not, we're going to freeze their accounts. We're going to throw them in jail. We're going to just basically destroy the family. We will literally, she, and she is ruthless. She's vicious. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I mean, like the the dad, but she's like off to the family too. I'm just like, huh, Christian, is that is that a little harsh or something? Yeah, but she's like, I want. I want to get this uh, under control. I want this information. What's, she doesn't even know about the protomolecules. She just knows that something infected uh, Aerostation and obviously, you know, carries over with these stealth ships. And she just doesn't, she doesn't have all the answers, but she knows that uh, Jules Mao does know something about it. So She wants to paint her pretty outfits with blood. Blood. I will bathe in your blood, Mao. Blood of my meow enemies. Meow. Um, and as, uh, as you brought out too, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fred Johnson takes 30, the missing nukes. Uh, they, 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 um, Holden and Naomi figure this out when they're tracking things. And I think Alex too, that 30 nukes went missing. And later on they find that Fred Johnson's the one that yoinked them. Yoink (laughs) with a giant space net. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, so Fred Johnson's like say, well, um, when Holden kind of figures this out or they gets gets wind of it, he's pretty pissed off at Johnson. And Johnson's like, it can be used as a deterrent. You know, maybe they won't mess with the belters as much now that they, we know we have nukes. So, yeah, um, just Holden has no faith in Fred Johnson and thinks Fred Johnson could turn evil at any moment. And and basically that's basically where I'm at too. I'm I Fred Johnson hasn't done anything outright evil. Uh-huh. I mean in current time, I mean yeah, he slaughtered the whole station, but he was also under orders, but he hasn't done anything outright evil in in the series like as things are happening in present time in the series, but I am um, I just I I think he could go either way. I honestly do. Um, guy told me in Calvin's war, I think that's what he told me that we get more information on Fred Johnson. So I, I'm not there yet. So I don't know. So that's what he told me. So I'll have to wait till I get there. Um, well, Calvin's war is the second, second book. So we're okay. in, we're, we're starting the second book right now. So we're going to get maybe some more information on him. I mean, kind of, but like I said, I'm, I've seen all the episodes and I still think Fred Johnson could go either way. Yeah. 
Yeah, Fred Johnson definitely. I mean, he he uh, you know, based the one guy from uh that was kind of challenging him. Yeah, like Belter Belter um factions start becoming a bigger thing. What is it, it, what are they called? A dark sky or black sky? Dark I think it's dark sky. There's there's several, but like you start like it becomes a bigger thing in season four. Mm, okay. I think they start really getting into, into the factions and man, that water boy, whenever the, the Rosinante lands back. Oh, Diego, on, uh, Diego, man, I hate, I fucking hate that kid. I hate him so much. You're done he's with like, him, huh? Oh, I'm he's, done with him. Oh, he's like, he's, he's standing in front of that pen, that painting of Miller. And he's like acting like, he's like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Lying and then and, and talking about how Miller was like, he's just uh, he's ruining Miller's name for his own like glory or whatever. And I just I I just I hate that kid. I hate him so much now. <laughs> and then uh, also uh, with Christian, he has uh, she has contact with this doctor. We we meet him in the very beginning, but he's a doctor that he he's kind of thinks he although he doesn't call it a proto molecule he he believes that there's some kind of alien life that took place uh, that took over on Eros and that's what's on Venus. And he wants to go, um, he wants to go down there. He wants to be Christian's inside man because he, he knows the uh, military aren't, aren't going to be clear with her because the military is more on Aaron Wright's side and the president's side. And he, he believes that Christian won't get the, the true news. He's like, he's like, let me go and I'll give you, I'll give you all the inside goodies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he wants to do that. And, um, so we'll get more with him, uh, soon. And then the very end here with, uh, Ganymede, where we have, uh, you know, Bobby Draper and her uh, Marines patrolling, and then just a huge, just, you know, shitstorm that, that happens. And obviously her commanding officer Sutton gets killed, uh, in the attack. And, um, we get that really odd alien at the very end. Yeah, just staring into her visor. What'd you think about that? Uh, creeped out. Creeped out, man. It's just like first we just have this in season one. We just have this like proto molecule, and now we've got a weaponized proto molecule. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's like it's building each season. I think it's going to build. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, Bobby. Oh man, I, I like her. She's 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 good. And and the thing is, like, I thought she was going to, like, end up killing her commanding officer because we've seen her, you know, pop up through the first couple episodes of the season. And mm-hmm. she just seems like a rabble rouser. She's going to, like, you know, she's going to start the war because she's going to do something stupid. She's going to get him killed or she's going to do something to kill him or her commanding officer. Because, like, like you know, the first episode, she's like, I don't uh, I don't use sex as weapons. I use weapons as weapons. So I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. She, she gonna she gonna kill her commanding officer, but no, she has nothing to do with his death. No, it's just some random bullet or piece of uh, shrapnel went fl- flying through his chest, flying through um, the ship and flying through his chest. Man, poor guy. I was like, I was like, I was sad that he he went because uh, he seemed like a good officer. He yeah, he did. He had his head uh, head screwed on uh, right. Um, and then uh, what? How about Naomi? Totally like lying to Holden and like saying that she shot that missile with the proto molecule sample into the sun. And she just, she just faked all the uh, trajectory information. Well, yeah, but early in the episode, she's with a uh, drummer and she's yeah. like, Belter's got to stick together. Right. But I mean, that's one thing, but then she's like, yeah, I mean, come on, like keeping the missiles, one thing maybe, but 
then she's also just like, you know, the proto molecule. We just saw what happened with that. I mean, well, I mean, Naomi obviously wants the belt to have all the power. I mean, like she's, I mean, that's, that's, that's she was born and raised. I mean, she she's in love with Holden, who's from Earth, and you've got you know the pilot uh, Alex from Mars. So it's a really interesting combination of people we got. Uh, yeah, and, they're all they're all know, on the show. They're, they're all from different factions, having to work with each other. So it's a really interesting dynamic. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Naomi's kind of caused herself some trouble here with the this lie. Yeah, I would say yeah, that's a pretty big one. I mean, it's one thing with the missiles because Holden already knew about it, but they all agreed to shoot to to fire that those protomolecule samples into the sun that they hid before, and and then she just kind of just lets it sit there. So. Uh, I remember back on our third, third or fourth episode, we talked about the expanse. Whenever Naomi was like, "We can't go see Fred Johnson," and I was like, "Remember, this is going to come back and bite bite us," because her not sending that missile, she's basically giving it to Fred Johnson. Oh yeah, sooner or later, someone's going to get get a hold of it and find it. Um, and so, like, that's like it's just it's that that Naomi does that full one eighty where she's like, "Fuck Fred Johnson." Now she's like, "Yeah, we'll just." Basically, give it to him. Yeah, belt is going to stick together now. It's like, oh. And then Fred Johnson, uh, at some point, uh, has a conversation with uh, alone with James Holden, saying, "You know, uh, you know, you got to pick a side." And uh, James, like James, is like, "Why do I? Why should there be anything? Why should it be Earth or Mars or or the Belters?" And Fred's like, "It's a nice dream. I'd love to see that happen, but I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime." You know. And, yeah, uh, Holden's still the idealist. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, it's, it's the way we should be. Like he's like the the Federationist and 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 the experience. yeah, he's, he's like, a he's Federation like, before the Federation. Yeah, he he wants the, everyone to work together, and and you know, really, I mean, I think that's what we want too in our real world. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> Honestly, we, just, we just need to work together and stop being assholes to each other. It would be so much better. And Star Trek teaches us that, and Holden's got that Star Trek belief in his blood he wants he wants to work together and be a one human race and i think that's a good thing to strive for but some people get so lost in their uh their world and their and they see only things at pragmatically like you know that's nice that holden wants that but it's like how are you going to do that without you know people getting hurt or suffering because you know we give too much concessions to earth or mars or whatever and mm-hmm you know, and, and it goes back and forth. So obviously there's the problem is a lot of times with all these things is uh greed. Greed takes a lot of things out of people's pockets and off their off their dinner plates, you know? Oh so, sure. And so that's what we see with the belters. And even with Mars in some aspects, you know, Mars you know, suffered at Earth hands for so long before they declared their independence. So um yeah, it's it's just sad that that's uh, how things are probably going to go in our real world if that if we start colonizing Mars. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just. I mean, I think the Expanse is a fairly accurate. I mean, other than like the magic and aliens and stuff like that, I think it's it's probably going to be a fairly accurate look at like how our future is probably going to be with <laughs> settling Mars and whatnot. Yeah, um, there was actually, I was watching with uh, my kids, there's a, like a Mars like series. Um, it's sort of a documentary slash, um, I don't know how to put it, it's like a, a like movie or series where it's like three seasons of like 
when we first go to Mars and then when we start colonizing it and how they do it. But they also like they take breaks in the middle of it and they explain the science or how things would actually work on Mars compared to Earth and stuff like that. It's very interesting. But we get this in this story. What's interesting is like first it's just scientists and they're trying to obviously get information and data. But then they get to a point where, like, we start getting, like, uh, like corporations moving there to trying to mine and try to get um, different, you know, stuff off of Mars. And it becomes a problem because they have totally different goals. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, so it's it's an interesting I don't I won't say that Mars if you watch Mars on Netflix, this uh, series that you, it'll be like you know, the greatest thing ever watched, but it's informative and it has, it uses a lot of imagination of how things would be in the next, I would say 50 some years if we do get to Mars and if we do start trying to colonize it. So it has some, a lot of cool ideas. It's worth watching. It's like I said, it's not fabulous TV, but it's just the Mars, but could you ask the Mars, but you get, but, you, but it's something you can like learn some ideas from and some, um, different thinking on a whole thing so um yeah, yeah i i thought it was funny in this episode where holden like it does they, they decide to tell the crew that uh naomi and oh, they're together. together yeah 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 and then, and then like apparently they made a bet with each other and uh about when it first started because they already knew yeah yeah and then <laughs> Amos uh, wins the bet Amos is gonna punch alex and then he just gives him a wet willy instead Oh man, I like I, 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 Amos is like becoming so much of a uh, better character in, in in the book too. I loved him beginning, but I mean he's just he's just becoming more and more likable, and like he's like becoming like family with the, with the crew a little bit, and he's like, you know just kind of messing with Alex, and you know he's got his back, and Alex resents him for it because uh, they go to the bar, and Alex gets yeah. and Amos stands up for him, and and Alex yeah. gets so mad about it later. Yeah, Alex didn't like the idea that um, Amos kicked that one uh, Belter's ass because, you know, he was getting fucking with one of the ladies that he was, uh, you know, flirting with. Yeah. And, um, you know, I it's it's funny. And I, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I don't know really where it goes. The relationship goes from there. But I, I got a feeling that Amos is going to back off next time when Alex needs some some help. Yeah, and then he like fixes the Martian flag for him since uh, the moon got blown up, and Alex gets super pissed. Yeah, he doesn't like that at all. Doesn't like that at all, you know. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. And, that and then, there's a little rift between them too. Yeah, but I mean, Amos is just trying to, you know, trying to, you know, do good or as good good as he sees it to, toward Alex, and Alex just doesn't see it that way. Yeah. And then, you know, Alex is, you know, Amos is like, fine, you want, you want to punch me here? Take a hit. And Alex is like, are you trying to apologize? And he's like, you don't even know I'm mad, do you? And Amos knows exactly why he's mad. So Amos is not a dummy. No, he knows why he's Amos, mad, but he's Amos, just, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's just, yeah. He likes he likes Alex, but he just doesn't give a fuck that why he's mad. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's, he's like, to him, it's like, who cares? That's, you know, I took I took care of what I need to take care of for you to protect you. Yeah. And he, he's like, he's like, there's people who, who need to be taken care of some people who need to prote- be protected and, and some people who do the, you know, the protecting, like he's, he's got, he's like, there's three kinds of people in the world. And it's just how Amos sees it. Amos sees things very basic as basic bare bones as, as possible. And, 
it's it's interesting how he sees everything i believe you know it, it's just it's basic but it's also deep because he just gets to the root of things no bs no bsing around it and alex doesn't like that and i don't know i i, I was kind of I, I like alex a lot but i was kind of resentful for how mean alex was to amos because amos was doing his best yeah i don't know i i i I sort of see what Alex is trying to say. Is I'm not saying that he should have been that angry over it, but he sh- it w- I could see how he felt kind of maybe like he felt kind of stupid because here Amos comes in and kicks this guy's ass. He's like, well, I didn't even, you know, like you just you just took this guy out as fast as as possible, and I didn't even get a chance. I you know I could have taken that guy like well maybe he couldn't have we don't know you know probably not i mean alex is probably at least double amos's age so yeah. he's old so i mean he's not an old guy but he's also not like i mean amos is just like probably in his 20s old sure and you know alex is probably 40s maybe pushing 50 right you know right. i mean and also martian i mean right. i don't right. care if if he hasn't kept up with his 1g training no way he's going to take on uh, amos or uh i mean he might be more stronger than a, a, a random belter on a space station, but who knows? But Alex doesn't seem like a fighter. Yeah, no, and he doesn't. No, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's it was interesting. I, I, you know, like I like I said, I don't know if I agreed with why Alex was that pissed, but I sort of see it. But the thing is with Amos is that I, while there's things I like about him, he's still just a complete psychopath. You know, like oh. he, like he stomps that he stomps that guy, uh, that that belter that you know was messing with uh, Alex and the girl that he was with. So I mean, like, and Alex has to stop him, you know, from yeah. like, probably just completely demolishing this guy. Yeah, I mean, so. Amos definitely has like issues. Yeah, and, <laughs> big time. But for a guy with that many issues, he's. I mean, he's. I mean, and and like yeah, uh, a couple episodes ago, we said uh, how. You know, uh, Neil Mises' Jiminy Cricket. I mean, he needs he needs uh, uh, his external conscious to work for him. Right, right, but, right, right. You know, he's he's a. I think he's still kind of a good guy at heart. He just had a really bad childhood, from the sounds of it. it sounds like Baltimore is a bad place, even in the future, or especially <laughs> in the future. Yeah, Baltimore. You know Baltimore. Well, good old Baltimore. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, these are two fantastic episodes. Again, the show has not disappointed me whatsoever. I have not come across an episode I do not like. Oh, yeah. It's it's, it's been stellar uh, through and through. Uh, but did you notice a shift? I mean, the episode was called Paradigm Shift. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like, did this episode feel different than the last couple episodes? Because... Because to me, like, even when I wasn't sure how the books were situated and when I was watching them for the first time, I definitely was like, this one feels different than the other ones. Well, obviously, after um, Home, where, you know, the arrows crashes into Venus in the end, that's kind of like you knew that was the end of that chapter. Yeah. And we're going to start start a new part of the story here. So uh, in obviously called Paradigm Shift. There's a lot of reasons, obviously, uh, Christian kind of like threatens uh, Jules Pierre Mao to get his ass in and start explaining what the fuck happened. Um, uh, um, Fred Johnson steals the nukes. So he has power now in the OPA he has power, you know, Naomi 
kind of size with the proto molecule molecule and helps with the nuke and hacking into the nuke. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that. Obviously, Alex and uh, Amos have a little riff going on. So uh, much setup in this episode, and then, then there's the, the the battle on Mars. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean not on Mars I, over Ganymede. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously they were setting everything up for the next next little bit here. So. That was a spectacular space battle. Like, I just, I don't know how they got such good funding for the Expanse and Sci-Fi Channel because Sci-Fi has done some pretty shoddy stuff. And oh, I know. Yeah, the they... show just looks so good. I just cannot believe this thing aired on Sci-Fi Channel because that that battle and that the the space mirror breaking up. I mean, that was yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Absolutely, yeah, uh, it was no. beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I was a little confused about the fight at first, so I was like. Like, so. yeah, I mean, like it was super unclear. I think they they wanted to be that way. They were just trying to like these that battle breaks out and you don't know what's happening, and they they kind of uh, break it down as it as the season progresses. Are you? Yeah, are, you think you think it's the UN forces that are doing all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Are you? Uh, have you progressed any further? Or are you? Are you current? Uh, only a little bit into the next episode, not too much okay. further. So. Gotcha. So and uh, I yeah uh, this kind of where I started to trail off and then I got busy I, I watched a whole bunch of episodes and then I got busy and I couldn't watch anymore so um, I'll probably binge some more in the next uh, week or so obviously yeah. um, watch these next two all the way through uh, but sure. man but, yeah yeah like you said the expanse has not let me down at all it's 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 been solid um, like the biggest paradigm shift I think is season four. But I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think it's setting up for a lot of interesting stuff coming forward in season five. I still haven't seen a date on season five yet, so I don't know if that's been delayed or if they're still planning on December. Since I think season four aired in December, if I remember right. Interesting. So I I, I hope hope it's on on schedule. But I understand if they push it back because they they might want to get six filmed or whatever before or right. get started on before they uh, air it. Right, right. Which is probably yeah. what's going on with Discovery, since Discovery keeps getting pushed back, even though they said they finished filming that thing like last year. Well, I'm sure there's still a lot of post production to get done. So, yeah, but um, for sure. But uh, I'm loving the Expanse. I'm loving all the um, people on on uh, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, we we yeah. have been getting some more uh, like people talking about everything on YouTube, huh? Yeah, we, we've got uh, we've got one guy who's been or gal. I don't know uh, what it is, um, but Wester S with lots of S's in it. He uh, he or Westeros? she's Westeros. Westeros. Mm, okay. W e s t e r s s s s s. I don't know what that is. Westeros. <laughs> Westeros. Yeah, like they've been commenting on every single Expanse episode. So thank you so much for always commenting on our uh, Facebook. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not Facebook. On our YouTube uh, episodes of the Expanse, it's really awesome uh, getting that uh, feedback and and whatnot. So a lot of the things I've been mentioning from our Facebook. I mean, oh God, he's being Facebook from our YouTube commenter. Um, a lot of things I've been mentioning from our YouTube uh, is coming from him because uh, uh, I think he's read the books. And so he's been kind of like answering some of our questions for us, like in the responses to us. So I really nice. appreciate uh, the comments on there. Right. So thank you. Right. Yeah. Nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's nice to hear uh, some people what they're what they're thinking about, you know, 
what our take is because like for my i mean dave's ahead of me but i i'm i'm trying to um catch up with everything and it's uh it's exciting for me but also i'm in the dark for a lot of things so mm-hmm. so obviously more will be revealed absolutely yeah crazy well, stuff to come yeah uh until then dave so next week we'll be back into the expanse again and obviously if you haven't seen, we're also uh, doing our Dune series on the book, so you can catch up with that. We just uh, talked about uh, Dr. Dr. Kynes. So Dr. Christopher had, Walken Kynes. Yeah, so we're having fun with that. So if you uh, want to learn about Dune, you, and even if you don't read it, you can just like listen along with us, and you kind of have an idea what's going on with the book. So we, we give kind of a play-by-play on... We, this time we only did one chapter, but we normally do two chapters, so... Yeah, it was a long chapter. It was, it was a, over, over an hour long yeah. listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I mean, not the recording, but just, I mean, I, I listened to the audiobook, and it was a longer chapter. Yeah, I, I, if, it's, if it was a long chapter, and I, there's a lot of information to digest, uh, maybe we'll just break it into that. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully you can tune in for that, and if you have any thoughts or comments obviously let us know and as well with uh, the expanse or how about uh, lower decks how do you feel about lower decks and that coming out have you seen the trailer what are your feelings uh you can obviously email us at synthologics at yahoo.com you can also hit us up at our facebook group uh facebook uh forward slash groups forward slash synthologics um as dave said we also have the youtube channel you can just leave comments there below and we'll respond to you back as well and um uh, you can also tweet at us at Syntolix Duo. Uh, you can hit us up there and uh, you can respond. You can private message us or just tweet directly at us. We don't mind. It's all fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, if the show is something you feel like you'd like to support, we greatly appreciate any monetary donations to the show. Uh, it helps us to keep our equipment and uh, everything running. So that is at Patreon forward slash Syntolix. And uh, donations are are wonderful thank you so much yes yes uh thank you for our donors uh and um if you do as i always say if you know somebody who's into the expanse or maybe into dune or just like into sci-fi and us our silly banter on stuff um let them know about the podcast the word of mouth is a wonderful way to uh just let people know so Great, man. Well, Dave, until next week, we'll get into more Expanse and maybe we'll get more Star Trek news as things move ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Don't let the big proto-molecule thing get you. Woo! All right, guys. Well, until next week, live long and prosper, one and all. Get our pants, you're the best drinking friend I ever had.